everybody, and welcome to Roll It, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Ty Lore. How you doing, Ty? What's up, man? I'm ready for another late-night recording session. <laughs> I was just going to say, let's see if I can stay awake. But yeah, other than that, I'm doing all right. Uh, it's become it's become the norm. It's become the norm. Uh, but hey, we you know we fit them in where we we gotta fit them in. But um, so this week I uh, we are doing the 2023 film Killers of the Flower Moon, the new brand new Martin Scorsese film starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, and Robert De Niro. So whoa, Ty, whoa. we both saw and- this. And a guest appearance with one of my favorite artists ever, Jason Isbell. And one of my favorite artists, Sergio Simpson. Oh, yeah. Yep. They were both yeah. in it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Marty's like, let me hit that alternative uh, country. Uh, I know. Those, uh, yeah, the heavy hitters from alternative country. <laughs> um, and just drop them in my movie. Um, but, yeah. So, we saw this. Uh, we actually saw this on the same night. Um, I didn't know you were seeing it on Tuesday. But, you know, you uh, sent me the text of the, uh, whatever you call that. What's that? Uh, what's the word for that? The movie poster? I, yeah, the movie poster. <laughs> the, uh, ah, shoot. There's a word for it. But anyway, you sent me that picture. I felt my phone buzz like an hour into, an hour into my show. Oh, dude, I didn't know you were at the movie, too. I just thought you took that photo earlier <laughs> no, like, in the week when you saw it. No, because then I got, I, as soon as the movie ended, I looked and I was like, oh. It was, it's from Ty, and then I opened it up, and it was that picture, and I thought, oh, okay, now i got to send him a picture of, of my, you know, the stand-up cutout of the yeah. card Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's why it took me, like, three hours to respond, because you sent that during the first hour of this three-hour and 37-minute <laughs> film. Um, yeah, was, but uh... anyway, so we saw this on the same night. Uh, obviously we're, you know, five hours away, but we did see this uh, simultaneously or semi-simultaneously. November, no, November 7th. What time was your showing? Uh, 6.30. I didn't get out of oh. there until like 10 o'clock. Dude, oh. my showing was 6.45. Nice. Hell yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I I missed like the first 10 minutes of the previews because uh, November 7th was election day. So I went to vote at the place that I had always voted and uh, they were like, your name, we're not seeing your name anywhere. I was like, that's so weird. I literally voted here last year. And they were like, does anything change? And I was like, oh, yeah, I moved and bought a house. And they were like, you're probably, you're probably not in this. Dude, it's so weird, though. We live the same amount. We live the exact same distance away from this voting uh, place voting as we did at the weird, other place. Man. Yeah, so we went like, to, where you have to But it was nice because the, yeah. the new one that we go to, there's nobody outside, like, uh, you know, stumping for certain candidates or anything. Mm-hmm. It was nice. You just walked in. Just and get walk it. In. I mean, I think there was because absolutely zero streetlights, and so at six thirty, I think <laughs> I got there at six thirty. Was dude, pitch black, dude, pitch black. All you could see is one little light above the door, and I was like, I think this is it. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. But yeah, dude, we it was it's a long one. It's uh, what'd you say three? What's the total runtime? Uh, total runtime with credits is like three. I thought it was three thirty. It must be three twenty six without credits. So I think it's three thirty seven with credits all in. Uh, Google says um, 326. Oh, does it? Am I wrong? I'm yeah. probably wrong. No, you're right. 326. Yep. It right. doesn't matter. Anyway, it could have been 347. 326 is still too long, <laughs> but we'll, you know. 
We'll, we'll get there, I'm sure. You think so? Well, anyway, we'll, we'll discuss that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, give me your thoughts. So, yeah, I re- have you read the book? I have not, but I want. Um, I have multiple Ryan. questions about the book. And Ryan. You know, Dude, did I, I first told you about this book before we, before we, like, the previews came out, right? This is one yeah. of the few movies that I've seen that, that I read the book first. You read the book along, like, last year, right? I read the book about a year ago. It was, it was the best, hands down, the best book. Um, we, we should give credit where credit is due. Uh, it's called Killer. It's the same title, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. It's by David Gran. Uh, hands down, my favorite book that I read last year. Um, it It is, it's like 379 pages, it says. It's probably around, it's probably around like 350 of actual text. I think I read it in like two days, which is maybe three. It was like wow. I read it at it a warp speed for my reading speed. <laughs> um, dude, I couldn't put it down. It was so good. Uh, so whenever I found out that it was going to be a movie by the guy Martin Scorsese, which I mean I knew it was going to be. I'm I'm sorry. Whenever I first saw the the first preview release, um, mm-hmm. this for the teaser, which yeah, dude, I lost my mind. I was so <laughs> excited. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, compared to the book, I, I will say I, and I don't like want to be that guy, I guess, but I, I think the, I think the movie does the book justice, but the book is still better. Um, I I think the book is, I would, I would rather read the book again before I watch the movie again. Whoa. Yeah. But that's not to say I didn't love the movie. I loved this movie. I think this is going to be the movie. I, I like for me. This is my favorite movie I've seen this year so far. Um, I it's a phenomenal movie. Well, ooh, I guess Oppenheimer was this just a couple months ago. Yeah, I was gonna say Oof. Is it above Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oh, man, that's tough because here's the thing: they're both really long, and that's like my biggest criticism of this movie. <laughs> I know it is. is that you love long. that like sweet ninety minute movie. Dude, I I really do, and and I think the thing, like, I could be biased here too because I knew a lot more of the background going into the movie, right? So like, mm-hmm. I felt like I probably didn't need some of the some of the extended dialogue on some things, and I think they could have done, uh, like, the, dude, the beginning of the movie, I I love the the storytelling of it. You know, it's quick, it's fast paced, it's quick, you get the point right away. Um, I think during the middle there, there was a li- it was a little dragged out, and I think it could have been uh, more. I don't want to say actiony, but it, there could have been more. Um, I feel like they could have done more to tell that story of, like the FBI without. It, they did it at the end, which is kind the of FBI why FBI is not in this that much. They really no, it changes it's really it a not. lot from the book. It, yeah, which is fine. I think that's totally fine because. Um, the real story and the uh, the action right of it is is not in the bureaucratic back and forth, but like at the end when they're bringing everything together and you see like I love how he, it's uh, I love the um what am I trying to say the uh, oh my gosh what am I trying to say man the, the conclusion uh, how everything like unravels i don't know what i don't know what well yeah yeah but uh like i love the structure is the word i was looking okay. for i love okay. the structure of the storytelling i think it was really i think that was great i i, I really like that because it was it was chronological but it kind of you know what i mean but it at times it went back and forth and helped you connect all the pieces you know 
Um, mm-hmm. and I I enjoyed that, but what like where I think it was it's hard because I want to say it was it was long, but there was also a lot left left unsaid. Um, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily hold your hand. He lets you you know yeah. just like work through stuff. So. You know, I think as a, it's hard for me right now because I'm trying to, I'm trying to separate the movie from the book so much. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard when you have so much, it's hard when you have like the knowledge of the story already. And then you watch the movie and you know what's going to happen, but you want to see how Scorsese does it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that probably made me lean more toward like, it was kind of long, you know? And mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like it was it was long, but only in the form of. I, I know I've been talking for like seven minutes about this already. Uh, I feel like it was long, but only in the sense of like they they extended some dialogue where I feel like they could have filled in gaps of other stories. You know what I mean? Of like it, you could have seen a little bit more of uh, like the FBI and how how that kind of came to fruition. You know, um, but. I don't know, man. Now, see, I always do this. I'm always like, it's too long. And then you're like, why? You and like, then I'm like, you like contradict uh, yourself. I know because I really, not necessarily it. contradict, but you're, you're just like working through your thoughts, which is like what we're, you know, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Maybe it felt, maybe it felt longer because of, you know, I saw the last showing of it. It's a long movie. If I mean, I, there's no, there's no way around it. It's a long movie, you know? That's that's a fact. But it was, yeah. yeah, but like I'm trying to think back through it all, and it's it's hard. It's hard, obviously, when you see it in theaters and you can't, you know, rewatch part. You know what I'm saying? Or rewatch parts, or like mm-hmm. kind of take take uh, inventory of, of certain parts and where you're at with it. Um, but I mean, like looking back through, I like I kind of feel like it was well paced, but I know it could be shorter. I don't I don't know exactly how it could be shorter, I guess. I don't have the solution for that, so maybe maybe that's an <laughs> maybe it's a like void topic of discussion because there is no solution, but um it was definitely I thought it was definitely paced well and though it did feel like three and a half hours hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh it was still I don't think that took away anything from the movie for me. Does that make it, sense? Yeah, I finally got I to think, the point. <laughs> I think that's part of like it does I mean, it, it feels, it feels, it doesn't feel longer than three and a half hours, but like you can feel the length, but I think you're meant to feel the length. You're meant to sit in it and, you know, feel it, it carries a lot of weight when you feel that length. Yeah. And like, you you're, know, you you're feel, meant to linger in it. Yeah. You're meant to sit in it and watch the, not even, not like the rise and fall, but like the, <laughs> the the build up to you know evil or the because uh, like, I feel like the I'm it's like trying, a burden it's I'm, like I'm you feel the burden of it in a way yeah because like at the beginning you're like waiting you know mm-hmm. you see the like right off the bat you're seeing the killings you know right uh and you know that one especially that one with like the mother I mean that's like brutal and. But then it kind of takes a minute. You're like, but you're kind of waiting for it to, you know, see, you're waiting to see how this all happens. And, you know, the, the buildup of the evil and the, how the evil, uh, insinuates itself, 
or, uh, you know, puts itself into the community and, you know, where all these killings are coming from. And you see, and you, it takes a minute, but you finally get there and then you get like the slow and steady kind of not even the unraveling. Cause that happens later, but the, you know, the bill, the kind of just like, just you, they just keep digging deeper and deeper into this, you know, uh, death and murder and all this stuff. And it just keeps getting like worse and worse and uglier and uglier. And until it finally like catches up with them and unravels. Um, so I guess I just, I'm just like kind of echoing what you said, like in terms of the structure and the pacing, I think it does work. Cause like you're, you know, you're, you're waiting and then it kind of pays off and it just gets worse and worse and worse until it, you know, unravels and you just see the, you know, the total, the totality of everyone's actions kind of hit. And it's like worth the runtime to see everything and how it works out, like it works up into the end. You know what I mean? Dude, which I will say the ending was my favorite part. All right. Which, uh, creatively, creatively, I think, the, I think like, like the, I you're love talking how about that, that final little section. Like, yeah, the, the final where, where Scorsese yeah. comes in, he's reading off the, yeah, like the little, uh, uh, it was like the radio play. Yeah. Yes. And where like they had like, because that's, it's just so true to the time. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that that is the, I was, cause I was wondering, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to wrap up. Right. Like, mm-hmm. So I was kind of wondering how they were going to do it all and, and if it was just going to end and, and kind of leave you wonder or if it was going to tidy up and tie all the loose ends, which it did. And I love that the way that they did it kind of – I thought that was just perfect the way that it happened, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because it's so the, – the movie – one of the cool aspects of the movie was how inter – um, or how, how many like different, how the media is all kind of played in together, right? Like you had the book, uh, the, on Osage history. Um, and you also had like the, you're talking about the one reels like Leonardo DiCaprio is reading was reading. The beginning. Yeah. And he, I think he's came, he refer or it referenced it a couple other times throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning you have the quick, like real clips of, uh, the Osage living large. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you kind of like I like the, the way that they use the media to almost uh, sorry, my dog's scratching himself in the background there. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you that for free tonight. But um, the way that they sped up certain or kind of like connected certain pieces of the story through other media, I thought, uh, mm-hmm. I guess is what I wanted to say, you know, like they brought in the book to kind of do some uh, to catch you up on certain things in the fastest way possible, the same way with the reels to kind of catch you in on that the fastest way possible without making the movie seem like jarring, right? Like you had mm-hmm. to get the essence of life uh, in Osage country without them almost going on a tangent with that. Right. Because it it was about that. That was, that was like the main continuous thing but by getting that quick reel at the beginning and seeing like them golfing and driving cars and and and, uh having drivers and and things like that then you go to uh, you know quote-unquote current times and and see how it's playing out currently so i thought they like the way that they did that was you know uh i loved it i i thought 
the creative use of intermedia was great. Yeah. And not only that, but like also the way, you know, the, uh, there's that scene in the middle somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but where, uh, there's the, like the, the, I guess it's like a newsreel screening or I don't know what it exactly is. About but the, it's yeah. Just, about you know, the, in the theater Massacre. about the Tulsa. Ma- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's obviously not about the Osage, but it's about another, you know, um, uh, let's just say, a, you know, like a, another discriminated towards community and it's, you know, the violence towards it and the, the murder toward, you know, and how it's, how the, I think, you know, the, the, the white man has kind of affected both of these, you know, groups in similar ways. And, you yeah. know, you see the reflection of it in, you know, there's that great shot, the reflection of it in Robert De Niro's glasses. And it's like, that is what, you know, it's, it's the people like this that are doing this destruction and they're looking upon it, you know, I, I, I don't know if, I guess proudly, but I don't know if proudly is the right word, but like, you know, like this is what needs to be done, you know? And, uh, I think you can see that in like that shot with the reflection. I think that's a great shot to kind of symbolize, you know, he sees that, uh, you know, the, 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 he sees his, he sees, he, I don't know. I can't talk. He sees himself almost reflected in the violence that was happening in, in Tulsa. Exactly. And it's like a, you know, kind of a dual, you know, they're mirroring each other and he's like, yep, this is what, you know, and he would, you know, he would say the same, like, oh, that's what needs to be done. You know, uh, you know, we, I think we, we need to, we need to take control. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it does it like that shot in general does a good job at kind of shining insight on, um, on, you know, Hale's white supremacy but I also think that that shot uh, the, in them watching that screening kind of helps set the uh, it kind of shows the audience the perspective of which to view the rest of the movie through right like there's all these tensions especially in Oklahoma um, I don't even know how far away Tulsa is from but I, I think you know it shows that there's these there are tensions already because of that and then when you get the blast uh you hear like it's Tulsa happening again like it's important to understand the mindset that um they would be in during this time frame because it's not like violence was just happening to them it was seemingly uh like it wasn't like it was not known that Osage uh were being targeted right but mm-hmm. I think this shows that violence was so widespread too in Oklahoma that it just kind of gave us like a, a nervous feeling, right? Like what happened in Tulsa could happen here. And, and when that blast happened, it obviously sparked that thought too. So I think it, I think that, that newsreel, that clip does a lot. And I think to your point, it definitely shows uh, Hale's reflection of how he sees uh, or his white supremacy views on, on uh like what should happen but i also think it does a great job of setting the mood for how the tensions were in that time period as well right yeah like any like every you know it's pretty much every minority group was waiting you know was like always concerned that this was just around the corner you know something like 
something like Tulsa yeah. or something like this, where you know everybody in their family was just getting murdered, and they didn't, you know, they couldn't. And Tulsa's less than fifty miles away from Osage County. Okay, I just looked that up too. So yeah. that you know what I mean, like that would obviously yeah. be extremely impactful uh, then during that time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not to cut you off. No, that's all right. I was done. Um, uh, so I, I shifting gears, I did want to bring or ask you again, like you, you, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but what did you think? What did you think about the shift, the total shift in, you know, viewpoint? Because in the, the novels pretty much kind of through the eyes of what Tom White is the FBI guy. That's Jesse Plemons character, right? Um, so Wait, what the book? The, Oh, did I? What did I say? You said the novel, said which the, would. <laughs> I meant the book. I uh, meant the book. Uh, yeah, but not a, not a novel, Ryan. Not, it's not a novel. novel. It's nonfiction. No. Um, so the biggest difference, I think, uh, between the two, it, like Tom White. Yes, you, you did get some things through his perspective through the book, but um, no, it was very. Uh, the book was very narrative, uh, like from what I remember. It's been over a year since I've read it, but the biggest thing that I noticed uh, in the movie is you obviously know that Hale is behind everything in the movie almost right away. Mm-hmm. In the in the book, that is kind of in, in especially uh, especially like Ernest Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Ernest's role in everything is not uh, is not really known for a long like a while. I'd say maybe a third of the book, half the book, mm-hmm. and so you kind of it's the narrative is almost told through the viewpoint of the Osage where they're trying to figure it out and they don't know what's happening. And these things keep happening and it gets weirder and weirder. Right. And then you introduce like the other elements. I think the movie, I think, I mean like as much as I like that in the book, I think that you can't do that in the movie. Right. Because you need to kind of get the dual perspective of what's also going on unless you want it to be like a four hour movie, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think that I, I, there's a, there's a good article in, uh, I'm looking at his uh, face on the cover right now, but there's a good article from Scorsese in, uh, sight and sound. Um, and it's an interview, it's an interview with him. It's a, it's a nice and long interview about, uh, killers. And he talks about that, um, of like why, you know, of them working through the script and like figuring out what they needed to change and stuff. Because originally he was going to have, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio play Tom White. And um, that was going to, you know, it was going to be, it was going to more mirror the, you know, the book. And kind of it's the book's perspective on things. Like you said, the kind of him coming in and like being like, okay, what's, uh, what's going on here? Rather than, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much it doesn't, it's like 10 or 15 minutes and you're like, all right, I kind of got a good idea of uh, how this whole thing's going to shake out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or you know what I mean? Who's, like you yeah. said, who's behind it? You know you know immediately, as soon as you see Robert De Niro, you're like, well, that's, you know, he's the devil. He's, you yeah. know, he is Satan in this movie. Um, but he taught, you know, he talks about like doing that. And then he's like, I, I don't know if it works, you know. And then he's, I, he's he said, Leo, like Leonardo DiCaprio came in. And he's like, hey, where's the, uh, you know, where's the heart in this movie? Like what? I don't feel any, there, there's no heart here. And, you know, they came mm-hmm. to the conclusion like, well, the heart is in like Ernest and Molly. That is the heart of the story. Is there, mm-hmm. is their relationship and how, 
everything kind of circles around them. And so that's when they shifted it to that, you know, that point of view. And I think it just, uh, he, he's like, you needed, if it was just a story about Tom White, it wouldn't, it wouldn't center, even though you're still centering like Leonardo DiCaprio's character, like the white guy within the, you know, Osage tribe, um, you're still more enmeshed in the Osage uh, culture and, you know, the, the people more so than if like, you know, when Tom White comes to town, he's like, all right, what's, what's going on here? You're, you're coming from an outsider perspective where in there you're, where in the movie, you're still coming from an outsider perspective, you're, but you're an outsider that's now enmeshed in the culture and you're one yeah. that's accepted by the group, you know? Yeah. Because once you, you know, once he marries Molly, then he is, you know, one of them. He's worked himself into their community, so he's trusted. Um, I, I will say one thing that I think the movie does better than the book, and and again, I like I'm just going off of the story in general. What I know, it it definitely should like you get the you get the idea in the book that Ernest really truly loved Molly, mm-hmm. but it is once you find out. That uh, and and like I said, it's not really through Tom White's perspective. I wouldn't say the book's really through Tom White's perspective. He comes in about halfway through the book, from what I remember. It's about a year ago, and then you you start to see the unraveling through his perspective of what he's finding, mm. and that's how you find out. But um, leading up through, you you, you kind of get you get the sense that Ernest loves Molly and everything, and he's ingrained in this culture now, um, and he's accepted by this community. Uh, but it is hard. Once you once you know, once you read it in the book and you know, it's kind of hard to idealize how that would play out then because he's doing all these cruel things to this community that, that's accepted him and loved him. And the movie yeah. does a really good job at show I think showing that, right? Because that's hard to kind of visualize when you're reading it and you're just like, This is an animal. How did anybody not know, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the hardest thing this movie kind of tackles is like and he talks about that in that interview. He's like I you know, from everything you gather, he really did love her. But it's like, how how do you, if you actually love somebody, how do you do this yeah. to them and their family? And you know what I mean? In the community, like, it, it, you know, it kind of raises the question like, well, did he actually love her or did he just think he loved her? Like, what was, you know, how, how does this, how do you square that circle? You know, and, and, and you, it, you no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, how does that and is it is it I don't can you actually get an answer to that question? Like or is it just like, you know, it's something in his brain that he, you know, some kind of like cognitive dissonance that he obviously, you know, cuz he's obviously he's not a not he's a weak person and he's also just not that smart. You know, so he's able to be kind of controlled by Hale's care or, you know, by Hale to kind of do what he wants um, because he has he has no backbone and he's just not that bright. And, you know, it, you get the feeling that he kind of after the first the, the, there's a conversation between him and him and Hale and Hale's like I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the actual wording, but like don't expect a merit. You can't expect a miracle. Like this isn't the Bible. There's no miracles. 
you know, this is, you know, we're in this, uh, something yeah. like that, because you get the feeling that he's doing this and he's kind of always like, well, this is, you know, it, it'll all work out. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll finish and like, this will all be done and I'll just be able to marry, be married to my wife and, you know, raise my kids. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, but he gets, you know, once, once he kicks off the first domino, he's in it and I don't, he doesn't. He's obviously it's just it's just an interesting character to see the world through, you know, to like and wonder, like, does what's he thinking when he's doing these horrible acts? Like, what's how does he kind of justify them to himself? You know, right. Um, yeah. And like his family, how does he justify? Started. Yeah. How does he justify his relationship and still love her if he knows he's doing these? It's it's just that's uh, the most it's one of the most interesting things that this movie does is that that idea right there. And that's yeah. And that is the, you know, the center of this movie, you know, and that's yeah. that's what I think why this movie the works. struggle between love and greed. Right. And, uh, yeah, morality and all, you know, all that, how, all, how all of that ties together. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, like it's, it's kind of funny too. Like the, the overall oppression on the Osage is kind of, uh, you get a sense of it, right. When Molly's trying to get money out and it's like, well, how now, why do you need that much money? You know? Uh, and he's like, well, you don't need that much money. That's, that's a lot of money, Molly. Like it's, it's kind of hard to imagine, but like that was forever, like to, for them to even, uh, for any Osage member to even get money out, they had to have a, um, like a, uh, whatever it's called, uh, guardian or whatever guardian with yeah. them. And the guardian was hail for a lot of, a lot of Osage, but it was usually a white person. And this was so like. Obviously, they they focus right on uh, Ernest Burkhardt's story for, for good reason. It affected this family heavily, but I think they suspected uh, at least like a dozen um, Osage were killed in in conspiracies to get their head rights money. Uh, but just the general oppression of you know the government being like, "Hey, this is where we're gonna send you guys to live, and this is you own this land." And they're like, "Ah, oh, that sucks," but okay. And then they find out that they're living in the richest land essentially in America one point. I think there's one quote in the book that really stood out to me. It was like, uh, I think in 1921, I don't know if they said this in the movie or not. They might've, uh, but in 1921, it was said that, uh, one in four Americans owned, a owned, a uh, vehicle and the Osage in Osage County. It was said that for every one Osage, they owned four. Wow. So like their wealth was, and I think that's kind of hard to like, I think the movie could have done a better job, I guess, at like showing the general oppression on that. And it, I think it did a good job, but you have to, you have to, you know, you have to pick and choose. And it did definitely centered on the most important thing too. Uh, but even the FBI's involvement was, um, in a way still like using the Osage to kind of get ahead because Jagger Hoover mm-hmm. thought that like, you know, by sending, the men on it's this, like it PR. would give national, yeah, exactly. It would give national recognition to the FBI. Mm-hmm. It worked, you know, um, mm-hmm. it definitely worked, yeah. but, but that was, it was so self-interested that it still continued the idea of oppression on this group of native Americans. Yeah. And it took them, I mean, they paid whatever, what was it, like 10 or $20,000, you 
you know, mm-hmm. to the federal government to investigate this. Um, yeah. So it's not like the it's not even like they're like, well, we'll do it for free for the PR. They're like, well, why don't you pay us twenty grand? And yeah. but but we won't do it. I, well, I guess we'll do it. We'll do it if you give us twenty grand just for the PR. You know, it's not like they were like, well, let's you know. There's, you know, all these people dying. There's, you know, a couple dozen people died in the past, whatever, couple years in this just one county that are, you know, it's like we don't we don't really care until it like serves our interests, you know. Yeah. Um, and kind of furthers our our as in like the you know the European you know American the Western American government's greater interests. Because they didn't actually care about, you know, obviously they didn't care about the the Native Americans and their, you know, their civilization and their society because they're the ones that pushed them into Osage County to begin with. Like you said, they never cared. Yeah, they never cared about the Osage until the Osage had money to make them care. Exactly. And that was and that's I mean, I think that's obviously, you know, seen throughout. You see Uh, that in the film. They're like the like a lot of the white people's. uh I don't know. Derision, it maybe isn't the right word, but like, I guess probably jealousy is the best word. Like they don't, they don't deserve it. Like we got to work for our money and they just got it. Um, you know, not, not recognizing how they came about this land to begin with, you know? Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's, 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 it's shown very well. Like the, the white person's view of the native, Americans and the Osage in particular and you know how they viewed uh the Osage you know on the surface they had to be super nice because they relied on the Osage for money but they you know they deep down they resented them they resented them because they wanted you know they wish they well, were the ones that struck oil you know I mean and, and it, they didn't think they deserved a, it I mean there was like there still is but uh especially then the 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 white supremacy in the view of whiteness above all other races was so heavy-handed i mean even in the i think they do a good job in the movie of kind of bringing that to light too when uh the banker financer whatever his role was i I forget but when he was seen as leading or was it who who was seen as the the leading the kkk was that the bank yeah that was was, right yeah yeah Uh, it was uh it was uh, what's his name? Lily, uh, it was Lily Gladstone's, like, you know, the guy that controlled her money. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think, you know, like, I, I think they did a good job at, at pulling all those in, you know, uh, those elements in, especially for a film that kind of really took on a story that was uh, so complex. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. I think I think Scorsese did a great job at condensing that and, and still showing through some of the elements uh, of it all. But um, yeah, it's it is it's just an insane. It, it's you know it's crazy. The the whole story is insane. It's insane. Um. Da, 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 da. So I want there's a there's a couple couple scenes like I want to talk about uh, I don't know if you noticed or if you it caught your eye but there's there's uh um the scenes there's both scenes at the train station the first one with Leo getting off the train 
or Ernest, mm-hmm. however, you know, I always change it up, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, of him getting off the train at the beginning and it's kind of through his POV and nobody is paying attention. Nobody's looking at him, you know, uh, everybody's eyes are elsewhere and he's kind of mm-hmm. working his way through the crowd. Um, and it's like, nobody cares about this guy. And then you see when Lily, Lily, uh, <laughs> I really got to stop doing that. I got to like pick one. I always just change. But when, <laughs> when Molly is working her way through the crowd at the train station before she goes, I think it's right before she goes, when she goes to Washington. Um, but it, you see all of that. It's through her POV and everybody's looking at her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, later you see, so you see the difference between what it's like for Leo the white guy to walk through versus what it's like for Molly, you know, the Osage to walk through this crowd because everybody's mm-hmm. got their eye on her and, you know, is concerned about what she's doing and like is, you know, theoretically, you know, try pl- plotting to take advantage of her or, you know what I mean? They're, they're aware of her presence mm-hmm. and either um, looking to take advantage of her or, you know, feeling jealousy or whatever. Whereas it, you know, Leo, nobody cares. He's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end you see, um, the shot or when Leo goes into the house before when he's like, before he was supposed to testify or whatever, you know what I'm talking about when he goes yeah. into Hale's house and everybody's got their eyes on him the whole time. And you can see yeah. him like cracking, you know, he's cracking under yeah. the pressure. And, um, it you get that feeling of like what it what it's actually like to be the you know the prey of the wolves like you felt like what was Molly's POV you, it, you know it's it's the yeah. can you spot the wolves in this picture and everybody at the train station is a wolf looking at her like she's prey and then you yeah. see that at the end and like how it how it flipped on Leo like he was the wolf for the whole movie and then in this certain instance you know he's it, you know he's he's the prey. And they're like, you know, they're turning on him and he's, yeah. you know, um, and I just thought that was an interesting way to use these eyes and the POV shots of, you know, the, the gaze of what that, the power of that gaze signifies and what it means, you know, prey versus predator. Um, but I just thought I love those that you were brought a couple interesting ones. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because uh, I didn't, I didn't particularly like both those scenes uh, are in my mind still but i didn't i didn't necessarily connect the two and i think uh you know i think you're exactly right i think they does a great job of kind of flipping the point of view there and like i guess that's that's the uh you know you're battling back and forth with like is Ernest really this dumb or is he just under his uncle's like thumb so much you know is he so down on his luck that this is like the only thing he's got is his uncle and uh, you kind of see that inner battle between him with, uh, you know, his wife or his wife or his uncle and, and kind of like that. I, I think at first, you know, he you see him as a just a naive man, right? Getting off the train and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it's almost like by the time he becomes the prey, he has all the same knowledge that they do at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, the n- naivete is wiped away in that instance. And you kind of see him battling with that, uh, 
and and when he goes back to Molly and he's like, everything's going to be fine. They're going to try to lie and whatever. And then he goes out and he obviously gets handcuffed or whatever because he decides to turn uh, or not. I, I should say turn on the government, but not turn, you know, right. Not yeah. turn on his uncle. Um, you kind of you get that sense of like, all right, he's not, you know, like there's just it, it's it's hard. I mean, I don't know how to like I guess I, what I'm trying to say is it's it's. I think Leo does an amazing job at showing the inner battle between because you can't say where at the beginning, obviously you're like, yeah, he's naive and he's just kind of, he's a little dumber, you know, and he's trying to catch up and he just got back from, uh, he just got back from the war, uh, of, you know, and at, by the end, you're just like, all right, like, what is, what is he, what is going on here? Is he, is he just as terrible of a person as he really is, you know, or is he just, mm-hmm. uh, um, an extension of his uncle's evil. And, um, yeah. Yeah. and I think, you know, you see that kind of independence and greed within him. I mean, obviously it's throughout the movie where he's like, I just love money. I just love money, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, when, when it's, you know, when the rubber meets the road, you see that the greed overwhelms and, you don't, I felt like I didn't look at him the same way, like in that naive way. And I think Leo does an amazing job at kind of, uh, projecting that through, uh, Ernest's character, you know? Yeah. And I think that starts all the way. I mean, obviously it starts all the way at the beginning, but there's this yeah. scene. So you get that, like after the first, which one, I think it's when, uh, is it when Anna dies? Uh, must be. Cause that's when, you know, the, they get the private investigator. Uh, Molly hires a private investigator and stuff. And you you get, it's kind of a, not rapidly edited, but more montage than most of the movie. And you get like him and Molly meet with the private investigator and it's kind of bouncing mm-hmm. around. And you're like, all right, what what's he, what's he feeling right now? Because you haven't had an overt, like, you know, uh, Ernest was involved in this at this point. You know, yeah. you're like, you have, you know, like Bill, Bill Hale is, but you're like, what's Ernest? How much does Ernest know at this point? You're, you're, you're not overtly told anything yet. And then it's like right after this, you're kind of bouncing around, boom, boom, boom. And then right after it, you get, you have him go and, you know, Bill, Bill has him go to shoot. Who is it? Is that when he meets with, uh, no, that's when he meets with Blackie Thompson. Is it? Yeah. Cause that's the first time. And then he screws it up, but that's when he's like, yeah. well, you know, you gotta, you gotta kill my, uh, brother and sister-in-law, you know? And you're like, oh, so he's like totally in this. Yeah. Um, and you know what I mean? You're just like, you kind of, you're not sure where he's, how much he's like, will it? willfully ignoring and how much you know he's complicit and then you just see him bluntly say like hey you gotta kill you know you gotta kill these two people and you're like oh okay so he's so he is evil you know he may be dumb he may be weak but he is also like just saying straight up kill my brother and sister-in-law like you know and then and obviously it's it's paired in that same conversation he's like i love money almost as much as i love my wife you know yeah and, and I you think, know, obvi- I th- it's yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I think that's kind of where I was going with the naiveness to the to the end. Is you see the, 
you know, him getting off the train in the beginning, he's almost just like this malleable, uh, you know, person. And he loves greed, but it's so amplified by his uncle in the, uh, I guess, the easy pursuit of it there. And mm. um, and it's almost like just a game to hail. Uh, and, and that's how it's that's I mean, that's how it kind of comes off in the book, too. It's it's a big scheme and he knows exactly what he's doing and he's smart. And he knows exactly how to do it, you know, until he, uh, but he's only, he's only smart to an extent, right? Like he's only smart to the people who, who are blinded to his trust. Exactly. Um, because as soon as you get that outside perspective from the FBI, it's like, oh yeah, this dude's terrible. But when you're in it, you're like, no, Hale, he's, he's opened the ballet school in town and he's, he's doing everything Mm -hmm. for the Osage County and like any death he's there and he's giving money and he's helping out, you know? Um, but yeah, the behind the scenes is like, oh, every time one of these, uh, one of the, the Osage die, he's cashing in big time, you know, and uh, you almost see him as just like a smooth operator until the end when he can't get Henry Rohn's money, and it's kind of being disputed. Yeah, and you're like, okay, yeah. yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, he, the greed is running him, but I think to the point, I, I know I'm bouncing everywhere, but what I was saying before is I, I kind of think that you see that transformation of Ernest just shaped from his uncle's perspective on greed, which is it kind of just em- emboldens his, his initial greed because initially it was like what he was betting. He was betting some scraps that he was stealing, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and by the end of it, you know, he had, he had so much cash that, uh, and, and I, I think it's great that they, like, I kind of like that they didn't show the, they didn't show his stock of cash or anything like that because, beyond that was his deal like how he dealt with it and you saw that with the drinking and him at the pool hall and how he was just kind of losing it because he couldn't keep it together because he was balancing these two worlds and mm-hmm. he obviously was more influenced by greed than by love mm-hmm. um i want to go back to what you you were talking about like you know bill hale smart but only to an extent and i think like there's that there's that scene where i can't remember if it's the sheriff or if it's Beatty. Which is the guy, the like the banker-ish guy, um, mm-hmm. the guardian, whatever you want to call him, that was controlling um, Molly's money. But can't remember which one. But they they were talking to Bill, and they're like, "You're making yourself too pronounced, or something to that effect." Yeah, you know, yeah. you're making yourself too too clear, too obvious. Um, and it was it's 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 something like that where it's like he seems smart. But only through a uh, only through a certain lens, because like these guys are, uh, well, uh, Ernest is an idiot. But even like Bill Hale, he's not that smart. He was just he just insinuated himself in the community, gained the trust, and you know, so he was beyond reproach. He was you know beyond um, beyond suspicion to a certain extent, and it's like. Yeah, until you got this out, like you said, until you got this outside perspective, there was like, well, it's obviously these guys, you know, like, um, but yeah, it's like, they just thought they, they thought they could do everything and it's, it's, (laughs) or anything. And it's, it's a good like metaphor for like the, the white population versus the, you know, whether it's indigenous or, um, any kind of minority population, um, it was like the 
the white population felt like they could do whatever they wanted. And to an extent they, because they could, you know, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, it doesn't matter how dumb we are, how, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> like, we're not, we're not going to be, you know, found liable or responsible because, you know, we're, you know, we're the, we hold the places of power. So it's the deck is stacked for us, stacked for us. So we just have to create this kind of illusion of, you know, um, of mystery and, you know, of not, we just can't be super overt about it. Um, at least most of the time, sometimes we are, and it gets shoved under the rug too. But as long as we kind of create this illusion, it doesn't matter how obvious it is from outsider's perspective. Like we still hold the positions of power and it'll be, you know, it'll be all right. Um, and I think that's, uh, I think that's kind of a microcosm for, you know, this is a microcosm for the, how the country was and to an extent still is, you know, but especially back then. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like to even take that further, you had the, it wasn't like he was just acting alone in this either. It's like the narcissist, like the narcissism on the narcissistic pyramid Hale was at the top and you had all these other people following under him. Uh, and one of those groups that I think they, you know, they made it apparent to Hale at, at certain points that, Hey, you got to cool it down. was like the Shone brothers, the, the doctors too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the action, they can the only, they can only do so much. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they can only do so much in that, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think like the I think the I don't even want to say like the fog of greed because I think more more so than that it was Hale's narcissism and uh and just power trip that kind of ran it all, you know? Uh mm-hmm. even even being after being convicted, he acted as if nothing he had done nothing wrong. Yeah. Um so where should we go? Oh, I did want to bring this up. This was also in that interview that I was talking about earlier. And I didn't catch this in as it was being spoken. I didn't pay attention. But um there's there's a quote in here and he talks Bill Hale talks about the turning of the earth. And um there the same quote is in the 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 Western The Searchers, which I've brought up on this podcast multiple times but it's also one of scorsese's favorite movies of all time he put it in his like top 10 for his sight and sound list for the decade and i think he Mm -hmm. has for multiple it's always been in his top 10 he loves the movie and and in that movie that same phrase is in there and it's uh it's john wayne's character ethan edwards that says like as sure as the turn of the earth we'll find him um and He's like, and anyway, he's, he talks about that in here. The the interview interviewer brings it up to him. And he's like, yes, there's definitely a connection because, you know, both. So in The Searchers, um, if, you know, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's it's uh, a Native American tribe ends up kidnapping what is ends up. It's, it's John Wayne's niece um, played by Natalie Wood. And. Anyway, it's that the title is the searchers because it's it's uh, they're searching for her and they're trying to track her down over years and years. And um, and he says that as sure as, as the turn of the earth will find him. 
and he is this like he just hates he hates native americans and you know he comes there's a scene where he um comes across a, a dead one in a grave and like they i can't remember if he's out in the i, I can't remember but there's there's like coins over his eyes and anyway uh john wayne shoots his eyes out and they say like what'd you do that for and he's like well he's like it doesn't matter to me but in their culture you know their their eyes are used to you know see through the afterlife or you know something like that and he's like doesn't matter to me but in their culture you know that's extremely disrespectful and like ruins their whole afterlife Mm -hmm. and and it's like it's not just that he doesn't like he just like despises everything these people are and everything they represent and then so it's like it's drawing a con like a comparison between that you know the the vileness of his character and hale's character and you know how much they you know and hale has these kind great of mirror words. each other yeah and hale has these great words of the osage at the beginning you know he's talking about how how great they are and how mighty and how how intelligent they are and all that but he actually despise you know i don't know if it despises them but he thinks he's think, better than them yeah and but i think he, he respects he them deserves, in some regard though like he he respects their uh well, obviously their money but um like i i think you know he has he respects them because to him it's almost like it makes him seem even better of what he's doing because he's getting away with it over them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can. In the see same that. in the same way that John Wayne kind of understands and appreciates and respects the culture enough to know how to break how to how to just absolutely hate it or yeah, yeah destroy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like he's so, uh, or he he in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess respect's a weird word to use for that, but you yeah, know what it's I mean? not necessarily respect, but like, you and know, I don't want to say appreciation, but he has such a deep understanding, a deep understanding, I guess that almost makes yeah, that almost makes uh, that almost makes Hale in his mind, um, even smarter than he is because you know what I mean, like he could do this to. He could kill he could kill the white men for anything, but he's he's doing the he's doing the money work. You know he's he's doing what's smart and he's doing it quote unquote lawfully. You know, uh, and he's mm-hmm. in, he's making them feel like he's helping them so much, where he's gained their trust. Where he almost, I I I think I think the lines are blurred between the the fake appreciation and the real appreciation for their culture and, and their peoples. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, because you don't know what he actually thinks. You know, if he does actually respect them or not. You know, um, like you said, maybe he does because it it boosts his own narcissism. You know, and what he thinks of himself. Like I'm pulling one over on these people who are, you know, who he thinks are, you know, great and amazing and every, you know, all the good qualities. Um, or if he totally disrespects them and that's why, you know, like he hates, you know, he he just thinks he's so much better than them and thinks he deserves what they have and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It's, it's complicated, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I just thought that was, this, uh, I want to bring that up because it, it is a great movie. Um, and you know, one of obviously, you know, it's one of Martin Scorsese's favorites and obviously, you know, put in there 
that quote's put in there for a reason to kind of mm-hmm. draw that similarity. And at the end, you see, you know, John Wayne's character, spoilers for searchers. Um, but um, at the end, you see John Wayne's character can't go inside. He's got to leave, you know, walk away because he can't he can't be a part of, you know, the society that America is to become. You know, if America wants to build a, you know, functioning society, people like uh, John Wayne's character can't be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and much in the same way as this, like it's, it's kind of the, like, like people like Bill Hale are the ones that, you know, kind of ran society and built the structures of it and built mm-hmm. the, you know, built the structures that we live in still. And it's like, yeah, we, we want to push those people out. Like they shouldn't be a part of the society that we've built, but we have to recognize like that they have, had a large part in shaping this very society that we live in still, you know? Um, so it's a, it's an interesting contrast of, you know, and comparison between the searchers and this and how they, how they deal with that. You know, this question of like, you know, the, the man of violence's place in society and in American society specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I totally um, agree with that. I, I, Oh yeah, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just start. I just stuttered. I didn't have. I didn't have anything to say <laughs> on that. Uh, talked about being a microcosm uh, a little bit. Um, I guess. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to give talk about you know the uh, the absolute absolutely stacked um like crew because you know you got you got obviously directed by Scorsese but you know you have his longtime editor Thelma Schoonmacher that's edited like all of his movies for the past 40 40 <laughs> some years something like yeah. that um and that's just like Dude, this one is of the probably the most movies. stacked cast uh it's that you could and he's, he's, i mean he's brought in people that like obviously like you got you got thelma you've got robbie robertson was the composer the late great robbie robertson who just passed geez what was that two months ago um who's been one of you know scorsese's you know best friends and collaborators since they did the last waltz back in the 70s um and so he did he was the composer for this and then you have uh, Rodrigo Prieto, who we talked about a few months ago. He shot Barbie this year. So mm-hmm. big year for uh, Prieto. Yeah. Um, a couple of very different movies, but both shot well, you know. Um, but he's worked, I think he's done a few Scorsese movies. I think he's done at least three, four, five, something like that. Because I remember we talked about it in Barbie. We talked about his work with Scorsese. Um, so he has been... You know, he has worked with him before. Then you also have coming in from the top rope, you got Jack Fisk, <laughs> who's maybe the most, you know, probably the most famous and well-known production designers in the past half a century. Um, he was, you know, married. To, he's married to Sissy Spacek. Um, and he's, I mean, he's done a lot of amazing production designs. He's, you know, did, you know, friends with, David Lynch and did a lot of David Lynch did a lot of, uh, Terrence Malick, if I remember right. Um, 
And so he, you know, he did this. It's just like, it's just a crazy crew that he brought together for this. Yeah. I mean, and then even the actors are all, all pretty much all stars. I like dude, Jesse Plemons in this was great. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, uh, let me just pull up this. Yeah. Like Sturgill. I mean, Simpson, Lily Gladstone great, is very good. Lily Gladstone is amazing in this movie. Yeah. Hands down. Amazing. Just like a, movie. a side, like, her performance is because we talked about like how Leo's this conflicting character and yeah. Ernest, man. Um, but Ernest is this conflicting character and you don't know, you don't know how he's working this out in his head. Like of what is love? What is, you know, what, what he thinks love is and how he's balancing this cognitive dissonance. And yeah. then you have her that's, you know, she's, she fully trusts him and loves him and she's like she can't even fathom that he would like uh not even uh, just like betray her like this you know because when she's taking the medicine she's like no i don't want anything to do with the doctors you have to go pick it up you're the only one i trust to do anything when he's the one doing the most harm to her and like literally poisoning poisoning yeah um and you know, her performance is just like amazing to deal with all of this, these swirling emotions and deal with this relationship with Ernest and, uh, you know, the, not only this, once you get to that point where the betrayal is already happening and the killings have already happened, but also at the beginning when she kind of, she's the one with the power and kind of telling in a quietly powerful yeah, but- way, kind of pushing Ernest to you know like to feel him out and you know try that the scene where they're at the dining room table after they had dinner for the first time and you know she brings out the whiskey and he goes to drink and she's like no Mm -hmm. just sit here you know just listen to the storm till I you know wait for the storm to pass you need to respect the storm and he like does what she says it's Mm -hmm. just like everything she does is you know is is just extremely powerful and she just like holds so much emotion, even though she does not like, it's not like she's like giving monologues and, you know, giving these super long speeches or dialogue with anybody. She's just like this quietly, emotionally powerful scenes. And she says so much without doing that much, which is pretty amazing. A hundred percent agree. I mean, I think one of my favorite lines early on was whenever uh, he first drove, like was going to drive her. And there was that race going on, and he was, like, hooping and hollering and stuff. And, and she was like, uh, do you have money on this race? And he was like, no. And he, she's like, then let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but to your point, I think the uh, just in general, her acting is amazing. Like, the, the parts where she doesn't speak, you almost feel the emotion through her. And for her to kind of – I think she personifies – or I shouldn't say personifies. I think she embodies the true Molly Burkhart or Molly. Molly would she remarried and then got another last name? But uh, yeah, you know, I think I think she truly embodies kind of that overall feeling of uh, just s- sadness, or I, I don't know, I don't even know what it would be. You know, just. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even melancholy. imagine. You know what I mean? Yeah, melancholy. Like, 
it's it's insane you know I, I i can't even i just carrying that melancholy i guess um and in showing it through her acting is really is really impressive mm-hmm. yeah for sure um yeah but yeah like you said i mean uh, 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 not only a stacked crew but also a stacked cast dude um, and all the musicians I, that like you know, Jason Isbell, uh, Sturgill Simpson, Randy Hauser was in there. Jack White at the end. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's just, yeah. Like Pete Yorn, like the, the, just every, it seemed like every character was and I, and Brandon Frazier, dude. Yeah. Brandon was, Frazier, Brandon Frazier and John Lithgow come in at the end. Just like, you know, thrown heat yeah. for like you know a minute and a half yeah like, oh, okay. i know i didn't realize yeah. john lithgow was in this but you know i think a lot uh, of times a, a lot of times when you get stat cast like this it's 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 hard to stay in the it's hard to stay in the feeling of the movie or the you know what i mean especially when it's <laughs> so tied to like a true story i think they did such a good job at like it was such a like it was such a stack cast, but you it never took you out of the movie. You know what I mean? I think no. that's hard when and, you start getting all these big names in one grouping, and and you know I like especially with Robert De Niro. Like Robert De Niro is just such he dude. He's like one of the best. It's crazy how well he can just embody a character and make you forget that he's Robert De Niro. You know? Yeah, and not only do you have all these you know actors that you know in the stack, but it, he also has a lot of uh, both Osage and Native American actors. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, he, he's like, yeah, we did, you know, open casting and, you know, we, you know, went into the community to find these people. And, um, when they only like, shot a in lot Osage of them County. are so good. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't talk about this much, but, you know, he's, he went in and like had conversations with all these people. And, you know, a lot of the conversations led to stuff that he put in the script and yeah. how they shape the story. And how he's like, we had to, you know, everything was, I wanted to do everything, you know, that not through their eyes, but I wanted to have their perspective on everything and, you know, how they thought of things and how they thought, you know, things went and how they viewed their place in this and all of this stuff. And he's like, I, you know, I met with all the community leaders and their tribal leaders and, uh, to, you know, I wanted to have as much information from them as I could, you know, because, because like, he's like, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes effectively. You know what I mean? He's like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to tell, do something that I shouldn't be doing or tell a story I shouldn't be telling. I wanted to, you know, follow their lead as much as I could and get as many of their, you know, as many specifically Osage, but also native American actors as I could to be part of this story. And, you know, um, and I think, you know, that really shines. I think, every, you know, it, it really works to this movie's advantage. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, I, I think I read somewhere, I was trying to re- remember where, oh, I think it was actually on like the Cherokee natives, like website. Um, the, uh, but there was, a, there were a lot of Cherokee natives too, that were cast, um, hmm. in the movie as well. So, uh, yeah, I think the way that Scorsese went about it was, uh, very respectful and uh, did nothing but help the movie. Um, and 
Yeah, I, I just I, I love I mean, as as a history lover, you know, I, I love that he stayed true to that and, and kind of shot every like I don't I just I, I love that he kind of got the Osage to I don't want to say sign off because I'm sure he still took some artistic freedoms at places, but he at least got their perspective on it to understand where he was going to be taking those freedoms at, you know, uh, yeah. which I thought was, I thought was, you know, I thought was, I, I thought just was very cool, I guess. Cause yeah. you know, I, I, you don't get that a lot with movies based on books that are written about true stories. You know, it kind of gets, yeah. so by the time it gets to the big screen, it's so distorted from reality in many ways. Um, and not that this doesn't have, it's distortions for sure, but what like it never does anything that takes away from the powerful story to make room for a powerful movie, I guess. Scorsese really mm-hmm. lets the story lead with everything in this. I think he does that in all his films, obviously, but when it's something like this, it's easier to see, you know? Yeah, and I think it ties in another another film based on a book that you know uh nonfiction book is uh is silence and that's what comes up in that in that interview again is he you know he had a like a meeting or you know with with a bunch of the osage and a lot of them you know were uh i guess not like they were they were afraid of what a Scorsese movie like this would look like they're like mm-hmm. uh, you know we've seen Mean Streets we've seen you know uh, I, I don't know what the, I can't remember like Goodfellas Mean Streets stuff like that and they're like it's going to be super violent and bloody and you know it's not going to tell the story you know not going to tell the story how we want it told and like you know it's just going to be glorifying violence and all that stuff and he said there was you know one woman stood up and it was like you know I've seen there's a he did a movie called Silence a few years ago, and it's it's also about you know, um, you know white outsiders going into a different community, and you know we cover Silence on this podcast. Yeah, and about three years um, ago probably. And yeah, and he does he's she's like he does it very you know, uh, tactfully and artfully, and how he treats these issues and how everything you know how he relates to everything. Um, and so he's like, that was, um, that helped, you know, when people, when people over and like give it, you know, a different perspective on like what I, he's like, what I was trying to do and what I wanted to bring to this, what kind of perspective I wanted to have in this. Yeah. Um, but I just, I thought that was interesting because I, there is a lot of similarities with this in silence and like telling, you know, telling a story that he's, you know, wants to tell, but like you have to, you know, recognize certain, you know, societal relationships and, you know, how everything kind of ties together and like, you know, get different viewpoints on things. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, silence is a no, good for movie. sure. <laughs> silence is a great movie. Side too. note, masterpiece. Uh, another <laughs> score says he masterpiece, but anyway, um, well, I, uh, I mean, we could probably keep talking, but do you have anything I, else? Uh, I mean, I could, you want to bring I, up? I could definitely keep talking about this movie. I, I freaking love it. Um, no, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I think I have a funny story about this movie, but, uh, anyways, no, I, I think the I think entirely, um, 
the movie, like I said, I still think the book's better. I still think if you really enjoyed the movie, you should read the book. Uh, but the movie is fantastic. I, I mean, I, I've I've seen a couple movies. I've seen more movies in theaters this year probably than I have in the last three years combined. Uh, and this was just a masterpiece, man. Like this was, it's. I mean, between this and Oppenheimer, I guess what I love is just movies based on true events. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the way it was shot. I mean, I can't say enough great things about the cinematography, the uh, the styling of everything. It was amazing. The score, like you had already touched on. Uh, I love how he wrapped it up, and I, I really don't have anything more to say. I, I really loved this movie. Uh, I think I would have loved it a little bit more if it was maybe 245. But, um, again, I don't have a good solution, so maybe I should just stop stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I think this movie is amazing. Uh, a masterpiece, I, dare I say. Um, so, um. I don't think we have any. We haven't even talked about absolutely uh, what not we're doing next. Absolutely so, haven't talked about it at all. <laughs> so um, while we figured that out, what until then? How can people find us, Ty? Yeah, people can check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're at Roll It Podcast on both of those, and um, you can shoot us an email if you have some recommendations. You want to send us your thoughts on the movie long form at Roll It Podcast at gmail and um, other than that, you know, if you if you've listened through all of this and you're like, man, these guys, they talk a lot, but they're great, you know. And how crazy is it that Ty's talking about shortening a movie that's three hours when he has a podcast about a movie that's over one, you know? I get the hypocrisy. If you get it too and you're here still and you're like, man, I'm all in, why don't you leave us a review? Leave us uh leave us a couple stars review on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. Anything else, Ryan? No, I think that'll uh, that just about does it. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, we will see y'all in a couple weeks with, uh, well, we'll figure something out. (laughs) The greatest movie of them all.